Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about everything Michigan recruiting. It is the Q&A show. So get your questions in in the chat box, and I will answer them for free, if you do want to donate and skip the line on questions, I already see that we have um, questions in the chat box. But if you want to donate and skip that line, you can by hitting that little box with the money symbol. That's a super chat, and that gets you to the front of the line and gets your question answered first. And that money also goes directly to my travel budget. Also, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. It helps us get in front of other Michigan fans so we continue to have more questions, more discussion, and things of that nature. And by subscribing, you get notifications every time we drop a new video. So let's go ahead and dive right into the questions. And actually, before we do, quick housekeeping note. I know there were some comments in here earlier, and just like last week, they were deleted. Um, not sure what's going on. Our producer's checking in on it, so hopefully we'll get that fixed soon. So 
sorry to those that had their questions deleted. Not not sure what's going on. Um, Go Blue eighty one says, do you think Jaden Davis is playing like a five star right now, and do you think he ultimately gets that fifth star back? Also, how are we doing with Ethan Long? So let's start off with Jaden Davis. Uh, obviously, a lot has been made about his stats, and he's having a great season statistically, for sure. Uh, he's putting up some monster numbers and doing everything that a guy uh, with his ranking should do, right? If you're ranked in the top 100 in the industry ranking, I think you should be putting up um, – Numbers like that, especially, you know, with the competition he plays. Now, he doesn't play super weak competition, but he hasn't faced any defenses defenses with Division One players, as far as I know. Um, and now that he's getting into league play, the teams in his league uh, do have a few Division One recruits, but the teams are fairly weak as a whole. Um but when you look at Jaden Davis as a recruit, right, you're not looking at stats. I brought up this point, you know, on, on the Fort message board over at thewolverine.com. But if you're solely trying to get stats to bump up Jaden Davis, you're looking at the evaluation incorrectly. Jaden Davis's junior year, he had basically the exact same stats as Cade McNamara, right? So we can't just grade guys based on stats. Because if you did, then you would be making the argument against J.J. McCarthy, who had not very great stats as a senior, or not, I shouldn't say not very great stats, but not big stats, not eye-popping stats as a senior at IMG Academy. And both uh, J.J., both Jaden and Cade had better stats than J.J. Uh, as a junior. So... Yeah, I don't think you can just judge guys based on stats. If we judge JJ when he was a recruit based on stats, then he wouldn't have five-star stats if you're, you know, that's your argument for making somebody a five-star. So we need to look beyond stats at the high school level. I also brought up the point that if you go and you look at the state of Texas, my home state, right, and one of the best high school football playing states in the country, and you go and you look up the top quarterback statistically in the state of Texas, I am willing to bet you that 70% of those quarterbacks are either low-level recruits or don't even have FBS offers. So it's not about stats. It's about the evaluation, how these guys project to the collegiate level. So even though J.J. didn't put up these amazing stats, I love J.J. because you could see the projection to the next level. So I had JJ in the five-star range because he had special arm talent, because he had tremendous escapability, because he is a guy that had such a huge ceiling as well. And obviously he's starting to reach that ceiling and you're seeing some of that this season. So with Jaden Davis, we're looking beyond stats. Uh, we're looking at what he does well. Now, as a senior what I expected from Jaden Davis, his strengths, he's really hitting the mark in those areas. You know, I think we're seeing the best of Jaden Davis in terms of what we already knew he did well. And some of the things that he does well are he's accurate, short to intermediate. This is a guy that's at his best when he can dink and dunk. 
So a lot of people took the comments I made about half his passes being screen passes in that one game that I saw him in. Well, yeah, half his passes were screen passes or, you know, drags or slants or things of that nature. But he's very accurate and in, in hitting those drags and slants and letting his guys make plays. He is an elite level distributor, right? And when you have guys like Channing Goodwin and Jordan Ship, um, those guys are able to get yards after the catch, make big plays, and, and that adds to his stat total and obviously inflates it a little bit. But that's not to take away from Jaden Davis. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's commanding the offense. He's digging and dunking his way all the way home. Um, and in terms of the screen passes, you know, it's, it's hard not to be accurate with screen passes. But I think the screen passes allow him to take deeper shots later in the game. And he is capable of hitting those deeper shots. If you look at some of his film from his senior season, you're seeing a couple of high-level throws. Now, he might not have the arm that a Bryce Underwood has, but he has an adequate enough arm to hit those deep shots. Now, his deep ball has been inconsistent. I posted um, film from the first game he had, and you can see every throw on that clip. And so he posted these monster stats. It was like 450 yards passing or something like that. But I saw a lot of your own comments say, well, it wasn't, you know, overly impressive because again, you have to understand that some of the things that you have, uh, that I have a knock on with Jaden Davis are that inconsistent deep ball. You know, a lot of his deep balls can't flutter when he hits it. It's beautiful because he, again, he has enough arm strength to get it there. But sometimes, you know, those deep balls sail on him or they come up short and they, uh, you know, last too long in the air. So can't, they can come off kind of duck-like. But uh, some of the other things are lack of mobility, right? He's not a guy that can move around in the pocket very well. Um, and I think he's added a little bit more weight than last year and it actually has slowed him down. I feel like he was more mobile last year than he's looked this year. He at least had the mobility to move around in the pocket, and he hasn't been able to do that as much this year. Uh, he took a lot of sacks in that first game. Now, some of that wasn't his fault, but he did take a, you know, a decent amount of sacks in that first game. Um, I think he just needs to be mobile enough to move around in the pocket, but I don't think he'll ever be a guy that's going to be super mobile or super creative. He's not a guy that's going to spontaneously make, make plays or get out of trouble and really, you know, make something happen. And he's also not a guy that opposing defenses have to plan against. Um, you know, they don't have to worry about that run threat from Jaden Davis. So the things he does really well, he's doing awesome this year. You know, that, that accuracy short to intermediate, occasionally hitting a high level throw, commanding the offense, the intangibles of just having a, a winner's mentality and understanding what the opposing defenses are doing. Those are all things I already knew Jaden Davis did really well. So me personally, I have him ranked in, you know, the 125 to 175 range. And if you're in that range, you're usually one of the better signal callers in the country. So, I, and I think when you look at this year's class specifically at the quarterback position, it is historically weak. This is the worst quarterback class I've ever seen in my time covering recruiting. So I think Michigan found a guy that has a very safe floor and a guy that fits the system well. And like I said, I think when you look at the evaluation side of things, the things that Jaden Davis doesn't do well, those are things that aren't improving on film. The mobility, the throwing motion, things of that nature 
aren't improving on film. So when you look at overall body of work, yes, the stats are nice. And yes, Jaden Davis is operating at a high level at things we already knew he did really well. But the things that held him back in the first place or that knocked his ranking down a bit are things that aren't really improving or things you're at least not seeing taking the next step on film. So hopefully that answers and gives you a bigger picture look at why we're grading Jaden Davis the way we are, or why I am or why the industry has knocked him down a little bit. Now on three specifically has Jaden Davis ranked in the one eighties. I think Jaden Davis play and what he does really, really well could earn him a bump back into maybe the one fifties, maybe a 30 spot bump or something of that nature. I think he's a little too low on, on three. So again, hopefully that gets you thinking more than just stats when it comes to Jaden Davis. Um, answering the second question, Ethan Long. So uh, Ethan Long is a three-star defensive back. Yeah, he's still a three-star defensive back out of Connecticut. Uh, I had a chance to see Ethan Long uh, during my trip to the Northeast a couple of weeks ago, and he told me Michigan's at the top. So I know that Notre Dame is considered the leader on the on-three recruiting prediction machine, but I, I straight up asked uh, Ethan, where does Michigan stand? He said at the top. And my response was at the top, top, or just kind of in your top group. And he said, no, at the top. So I think right now, maybe the Notre Dame pundits jumped the gun a little bit, which seems like they're prone to do um, across the industry. I, I think that Michigan is a real contender here. Ethan visited Michigan in the summer. He has a great relationship with Jay Harbaugh. I think he's one of the more underrated guys nationally. For next cycle, I think he's a guy that could definitely get a bump in the rankings. And as everybody knows, Jay Harbaugh has a great track record of evaluations. And Ethan is set to be back at Michigan um, for the game against Ohio State. So I think we'll know a lot more after he makes fall visits. Let's go down to Martin Johnson. And he says, What's your assessment of 2025 Northmont, Ohio prospect Dorian Brew and Michigan's chances in landing him in next year's class? So with Dorian Brew, you know, he's a really interesting prospect uh, in the sense that early in his recruitment, a lot of people thought he was going to be a wide receiver. And I still think he has the traits to be a wide receiver. I know Michigan has talked to him a little bit about uh, both spots about potentially playing wide out at the next level or being a DP. And if you look at his on three profile, I didn't even really realize this until our producer brought up the uh, profile on the screen, but he's still listed as a wide receiver. And he's actually ranked as the number six wide receiver in the country across the industry. But uh, I think he's growing more into a DB prospect. He's definitely, he definitely has great size at six foot three, 175 pounds. So I'm curious to see what Brew looks like as a junior and where he really projects. But either way, I would say he is a high level athlete and definitely a priority for the Wolverines. Michigan was able to get him on campus for the barbecue at the big house. I think they're, you know, in that top group right now. But as you see, Ohio State has the lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. With a 96.1% chance of landing him, I think beating out the Buckeyes is going to be tough. 
But for those of you that remember, Northmont did produce Michigan safety Rod Moore, who I'm sure is helping the Wolverines tremendously in this recruitment. Michigan still has great relationships at Northmont High School. Um, and our Zach Libby will actually be out there to see Dorian Brew uh, sometime this month. I know he told me he was going out there soon. So uh, I'm sure, Martin, if you want to tune into our show in a couple of weeks, Zach will definitely have more Um more on Dorian Brew. Um, let's go down to Go Blue 81. And remember, guys, this is the um, Q&A. So, you know, I'm answering all questions for free. All you have to do is type in your question and get them in. Um, but Go Blue 81 is back with another question. And he says, if we do throw the ball more this year, win and are able to land Bryce Underwood, what 2025 high-end wide receivers do you think will follow him to Michigan? So, you know, in a perfect world, if Michigan is able to land Bryce Underwood, then, you know, that's huge for recruiting overall, not just the wide receiver position. I think Bryce Underwood helps attract some of the top talent across the country. But looking at the wide receiver group, I think you have to look from – the inside out. So starting off in the Midwest, the biggest wide receiver target there is Talon Taylor out of Geneva community in Chicagoland or just outside of Chicagoland. It's pretty far out from the city, but either way, he has uh, connections to the program through Midwest Boom, which is Chicago's big seven on seven club program. The Wolverines were able to land uh, a boom kid in Amarion Stewart, Tyler Morris, J.J. McCarthy, Josiah Edmond. So Taylor's very familiar with all of those guys. And he is a dynamic talent. I had a chance to see him live at the OT7 Nationals this offseason. And he was, again, really, really impressive. Six foot one, 165, a guy that can line up in the slot, can line up in the outside. He is uh, a prospect that has the frame to add some more weight, but just really athletic, tremendous catch radius, great natural pass catcher. And like I said, he, he knows all those guys, JJ, Marion, Tyler. Those are guys that um, are also ambassadors for Michigan and can help get him on board. So, you know, he's a top 100 recruit. Michigan has had plenty of success in the state of Illinois. And I think Talon's a guy that uh, is really high up there on the board and uh, a guy that has spent some time around Bryce Underwood, you know, at Michigan and as, as well as on the seven on seven circuit. So he would be one that, uh, that Underwood could certainly help with. And another guy that comes to mind is Andrew Marsh, top 100 wide receiver out of Texas. Andrew Marsh visited the same weekend as Bryce Underwood for that barbecue at the Big House weekend in late July. And Marsh is the type of prospect that, you know, you look at his profile was popping up here and you think that he's the guy that's probably going to stay south. You look at the on three recruiting prediction machine and it has Texas, it has LSU, it has Oklahoma, it has Texas A&M. So kind of the usual suspects for really highly touted recruits out of the Lone Star State. But Andrew Marsh has already been to Michigan twice. He visited once in late May. And like I said, it was back at the barbecue at the big house while Underwood was there for that final day. So they had a chance to communicate a little bit. And I think that Bryce would really help out 
with Marsh, who's ranked as the number five wide receiver, the number 16 overall prospect nationally. Marsh has real interest in Michigan, and I think the Wolverines are a dark horse right now and would become even more of a threat if Underwood joins the mix. And, uh, you know, kind of sticking in the state of Texas, there are a couple other guys that have visited. Kalik Lockett out of uh, Garland Saxe in the state of Texas was also at the barbecue at the big house. Um, He's definitely one that uh, I think, you know, Underwood would help with. He's an on 300 prospect. And from what I've been able to gather early on, it seems like he's really willing to leave the state of Texas. Michigan, Penn State seem to be the, the two schools at the top for him. So, you know, I think Lockett would be one. And another Texas wideout to know is Taz Williams out of Red Oak. And uh, Taz is actually from the state of Pennsylvania. He's not a true Texas native. And I think he's very open to playing his college ball in uh the midwest and so while williams didn't visit with underwood um i do think uh that underwood could really really help in this recruitment as well williams has a connection to michigan wide receivers coach ron bellamy as williams private wide receiver trainer margin hooks actually played with bellamy in the nfl and in the nfl europe so uh, tads williams is a name to know And one guy uh, that doesn't have any connection to Bryce Underwood, but just being a really highly touted wideout that's at the top of Michigan's board, uh, Quincy Porter out of Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. Now, I said there's no real connection there, but uh, it is important to note that Porter, like Lockett and like Marsh, was on campus for the barbecue at the big house same weekend as Bryce Underwood. So I thought Ron Bellamy did a great job of getting Marsh Lockett and Quincy Porter all on campus for the barbecue at the big house, all while Bryce Underwood was there. So there's at least familiarity with Porter and he is the number one guy when it comes to big bodied wideouts. You know, we talked about town, we talked about Marsh, we talked about Lockett. Those are guys that uh, can play on the outside, can play in the slot, but aren't those big bodies. Porter is that at six foot three, 190 pounds. So those are definitely um some names to know let's go actually before we go on to our next question we do have a special me- special message from our sponsor Susie Surma with Modus Realty are you ready to buy a home this is one of if not the most expensive purchases you'll ever make having a realtor who listens and cares about your needs is crucial Susie Surma is the right local expert for you. Susie includes a free buyer's consultation to uncover your home buying needs, maximizing experience and efficiency. Email her today at Susie at ModusRE.com. Let's face it, the market has been challenging for buyers. The critical piece you might be missing is having the right agent. Using a realtor that has superior knowledge and negotiation skills is a key to closing on the home of your dreams. Local expert Susie Serma is your answer. Not only does she know the area, she's a fierce negotiator. Why not build equity now? Contact Susie Serma to start your customized home search today. Call Susie at 248-767-5633 
or email her at Susie at M-O-T-U-S-R-E dot com. So again, big shout out to Susie Surma for sponsoring today's show. Our um, other recruiting writer, Zach Libby, is actually was actually going to move to Toledo. He's staying back in Michigan, and it looks like he might be interested in staying in Ann Arbor. I know he's going to use Susie. So if you're around Su- if you're around Susie's area, around Ann Arbor, or surrounding areas, make sure to check out Susie and uh, get that home of your dreams. You know, move move into a nice place. Uh, let's go to Jose Benavides, who says, "Who is the best Michigan commit you have seen this year?" Um. So the Michigan commits I've seen this year are Jake Guinera, um, Devin Baxter, Dominic Nichols, sort of, uh, because I only got to stay for a little bit uh, because of all the lightning delays and such. Uh, that's another story for another day. Um, but Guinera, Baxter, Nichols, uh, Jaden Davis, Jaden Smith, and... Channing Goodwin and Owen Waffle, which was another sort of because he got injured like on the third play of the scrimmage. So those, I believe, are all the Michigan commits I've seen so far. We're only about a month into the high school season, and I know Zach Libby has seen uh, quite a few others as well. So out of that group, the best one I've seen has actually been Jaden Davis because, you know, again, I, I gave that entire breakdown to open up the show but i think Jaden davis um had the best in-game performance i wrote i I ranked the 10 best recruits i saw in the month of august and Jaden davis was ranked the highest so i think a lot of people you know have this perception that i hate Jaden davis because i don't think he's a five star and i don't think he's a top 100 prospect but usually guys that are ranked in the top 125 to 170 range which is where i had davis Uh, are still really high-level recruits, obviously, among the best in the country, and usually perform really well on Friday night. So I think out of the group that I've seen so far, uh, Jaden Davis had the best in-game for sure. So uh, Jaden Davis gets my vote. Uh, Let's go down to Jose Benavides, and he says, Is Colorado a real threat for Bryce Underwood? Where are things with him? Um, so we talked about potential receivers that Bryce Underwood could bring to Michigan, but Michigan still has to seal the deal with Bryce, of course. So, you know, where are things with him? Well, obviously, you know, Michigan and LSU have been the two schools that have talked about, been talked about the most with Bryce Underwood, and I still think those are the two schools at the top. And uh, for those of you that have been living under a rock, Bryce Underwood is the number one quarterback and number one overall recruit in the country. Um, So he is the top priority for Michigan next cycle. Um, You know, like I said, I think Michigan and LSU are still at the top, but Colorado is interesting. You know, the things that Dion is doing out in Boulder are certainly eye-catching, not just for Bryce, but recruits across the country. He's obviously visiting Colorado here uh, in the next couple of weeks or before the end of the month. So I'll be interested to see how that visit goes. You know, it's tough to for me to envision Bryce going to 
a school like Colorado, but I guess, you know, with the last couple of weeks and all the buzz and hype that Colorado has, you certainly can't dismiss Deion Sanders. And I think looking at it from a quarterback's perspective, what Shadur Sanders is doing on the field and how that offense looks in general uh, has to be appealing to quarterbacks, including Underwood. But I still think Michigan and LSU are the schools at the top here. You know, Michigan is trying to get him on campus this weekend for the game against Bowling Green. We'll see if he shows up. Um, either way, I expect Bryce to be at Michigan for a couple of games this year. LSU is definitely going to get him back on campus. I believe he already has a visit set there. And I'm just interested to see who else pops up. Will we see some NIL schools come out of nowhere? Will we see Miami really make a push? Will we see... Oregon really make a push, uh, you know, schools of that nature. Will Alabama become a factor, you know, a traditional power like that? Will USC, even though they, they just got Juju Lewis, the, the number one guy in 26, will they show even more interest in Bryce Underwood? Um, you know, Ohio State already has a quarterback commit. I'm just interested to see what other players uh, emerge this fall for Bryce Underwood because we're talking about Michigan and LSU so much. But when you, you have a guy of this magnitude, I just feel like you're bound to have some other contenders pop up this fall. So, you know, for now, I think Michigan can just continue to impress him with uh, the offense, with what JJ does. And, you know, Kirk Campbell and Jim Harbaugh just need to keep pressing as hard as they can. They can make direct contact. So, I think they just need to, you know, keep doing what they're doing and uh, we'll see how things shake out this fall. Um, Jose Benavidez is back with one last question. Can we win back Zaquan Patterson? So Zaquan Patterson, top 100 safety out of Miami, Chaminade Madonna committed to Miami over Michigan this summer. Uh, chances that uh, Michigan gets them back, I would say they're a little slim, but I do expect Saquon to make it into Michigan for an official visit when the Wolverines take on rival Ohio State in November. Look, the relationships are still there. You know, Jay Harbaugh and, and uh, Steve Klingscale did a tremendous job during Patterson's recruitment. I also think that having Chris Ewald committed to Michigan Helps out a lot. You know, his father has uh, really pumped up Michigan to Patterson's family. And Chris has personally recruited Patterson. And, you know, with Michigan's success on the field and potentially beating Ohio State in the big house, that could really swing momentum maybe back in their favor late. However, Miami obviously picked up a big win over Texas A&M in front of Patterson. They're the hometown school. They do NIL differently. So at the end of the day, I still think the door is open for Michigan, but it's really going to be tough to win him, you know, from Miami, a school that has so much working in its favor in this recruitment in particular. I think the bigger thing for me is if Patterson stays with Miami, you have to make sure you keep Chris Ewald committed. He's the face of the class for next cycle. And he was, at Miami this weekend. So keeping Ewald is, I think, even more important than winning uh, Zaquan Patterson late this cycle. Let's go down to Go Blue 81 And we are running out of time, guys. We only have a, a minute left. So if you have more questions, 
make sure to get them in. Um, actually, let's try to go uh, rapid fire here. Go Blue 81 says, not familiar with the thumbnail. If you could cover that, and since 24 class is pretty much wrapped up, do you think we start getting 2025 commits? Um, yeah, so as far as the thumbnail, I believe it's Trey Taylor, uh, 2027 quarterback. I think you guys, I thought you guys might be asking about visitors. It's not a really big list this weekend, uh, but Trey Taylor, a 2027 quarterback, already holds an offer for Michigan and will be one of the underclassmen on campus. And since 24 is pretty much wrapped up, when do I think that Michigan will start getting 25 commits? Probably sometime, you know, later this year, early in the next year, once guys have a chance to get back on campus or maybe visit for the first time. Um, you know, uh, I think the spring is when recruiting really gets rolling, but I think you could see a few commits in the winter. Go Blue 81 also asked, I'm confused as to why Jane Davis was ever a five-star to begin with, but I understand where you're coming from with the evaluations. No, definitely appreciate that. I think Jane Davis was just a guy that was on the radar really, really early. So he got ranked really high and didn't necessarily um, develop as much as some may have thought. And I think you see a lot of that. You know, I think it's a rankings race between the uh, recruiting networks. I think a lot of these guys are so quick to rank guys that are eighth graders or freshmen in high school or starting their sophomore year. And, you know, they just don't meet uh, unrealistic expectations. So I think Jaden Davis was just the guy that was ranked too high early on. And even me, when I first saw Jaden Davis uh, on film going into, so before he started his junior year, so as a sophomore, I thought Jaden Davis was great. I also had him ranked super high, but the more I saw him, the more I didn't really love his game, the more areas he didn't really develop in. You know, if he had mobility, like if he's a guy that would have developed um, some speed and some, you know, ability to create and things of that nature, I would be way higher on Jaden Davis because I would think he'd have more of a ceiling. But the lack of having any type of running ability is, uh, is something that I don't think a lot of people really accounted for. And, and the fact that he's on the shorter end. So when you have a shorter quarterback, you want guys that have that mobility. Um, but let's go rapid fire, guys. Uh, we have Joseph Grimaldi, and he says, do you think Michigan will receive any commits for the cornerback and edge positions in 24? I feel like we aren't hitting any home runs with these two positions. So, you know, they obviously they have two quarterback, uh, two cornerbacks committed for this cycle already in Jeremiah Lowe and Josiah Edmond. There's a chance they take a flex guy. You know, Sire Torrance has been brought up, a Michigan State commit that could play a corner or a safety, but I don't think you're going to see, you know, a big time corner um, this cycle. And as far as edge, um, they are trying to win back Elias Rudolph. We covered that in yesterday's show. So, so if you missed that, go ahead and watch yesterday's show. We talked a lot about Elias Rudolph, who flipped from Michigan to Miami. The Wolverines are trying to get him back. They're also evaluating some senior tape and working to keep guys like Jacob Smith and Dominic Nichols, who have received interest from other programs. Uh, Joseph uh, Grimaldi also says, Picking, piggybacking off my last question, what about 2025 for cornerback and edge? So it's a really strong year at the cornerback position in 2025. Um, obviously keeping Chris Ewald is priority number one, but some other guys that have already visited campus that are in that on 300 range are, 
Devin Williams out of Buford, Terry on Grant out of Tennessee, Onis Konanbani um, out of uh, Raven Gap, Nakuchi actually is an international kid that uh, that is part of the PPI recruits program that also produced Manuel Beagle. Uh, Mark Zachary, an odd 300 prospect out of Indiana, will be making his first visit uh, later this fall. Um, so those are some guys to know. Jamari Deloach is another one here from uh, the Tidewater area in Virginia. He's a three-star, but is really high on the board. And obviously, DJ Pickett is the number one safety in the country, but he's a guy that can play corner as well, and he's already made two visits to Michigan. And then as far as the, you know, the edge position, uh, I think Michigan's going to attack that hard again. Next year, you have some guys that uh, are, are really highly rated but haven't necessarily visited campus, like uh, Ari Watford and uh, Zaire Mathis. So I think getting those big-time guys on campus this fall is going to be a, a priority for sure. Um, Lance Martin says, any chance JJ comes back next year? Um, you know, this is a recruiting show, so I, I would probably leave that up to our team guys, but I would say it's more likely he enters the draft depending on how things go, but probably, uh, you know, will enter the draft unless, you know, like go blue 81 says, uh, this draft is crazy. Wait a year and be the number one pick. Yeah. That's a possibility too. Maybe he looks at it and says, Hey, I could have uh, more draft capital next year. So, you know, there's a chance I would say I, I would lean towards JJ probably leaving, but you never know. Plus, you know, if Michigan doesn't win a national title, just, from my experiences covering JJ, and this would be speculation on my end, I feel like he would be so pissed at not winning the Natty this year that it, he's such a fiery competitor. He's a guy that like listens to Tom Brady podcasts like on a daily basis. I feel like that would propel JJ to maybe come back another year. Um, and I think the last question comes from Michael Gilbert, and he says, what do you think – us defense for next year um not really sure you know what what uh you're asking there michael but uh, if you're asking about next year's michigan defense i don't know i i think we have to wait and see you know who comes back and things of that nature but uh i appreciate you guys for joining me um oh we did have another question from martin johnson that our producer popped up and says what's your take on 2025 northman and i think he was just uh, asking about, I think he meant Northmont, Dorian Brew. So we did get to that question. So uh, appreciate everybody that joined tonight. Remember to subscribe to thewolverine.com if you're not already subscribed. That is uh, just $1 for one month, and you get premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and so much more at thewolverine.com. Plus, you get to be Part of a great message board community with more than 8,000 unique individual users. Um, and also, you know, like this video helps us get in front of other Michigan fans. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and get notifications every time we drop a new one. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, 
money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.